0: Don't go any further without listening to me. Yeah, I know most of you skip this at the start. You're like you'll probably you're used to me going, "Hello, welcome to the High Wide and Handsome podcast episode." This is episode thirty-seven, I think. Could be thirty. No, it's thirty-seven with Alan Cooper. But the reason I'm telling you to not go any further isn't to give you any sort of advertisement. Isn't to do anything annoying. It's more just to let you know that my audio is a bit shit in this one. Uh, hands up, my fault. We recorded for an hour and forty minutes, and I thought it was because. Of the storm in the background and whatever like that, that is a factor here. Uh, Proper recorded in like hurricane conditions, but I actually didn't select the right mic, so my 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 laptop was recording me, not this one, this sexy microphone that I'm talking into now. So sorry about that. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Alan had a lot of great knowledge, and thankfully he was the one doing the bulk of the talking, and his audio was amazing. So. Sorry it's not as clean as most weeks. I actually panicked a bit and panic ordered a mic thinking this one was broken when I first edited it. So we've got an even better mic for next week. But um, yeah, that's. Uh, I suppose I'm still learning the ropes even 37 episodes in. But yeah, look, thanks very much for listening. If you haven't left a review, please do. It really means a lot. And I'm going to be doing some giveaways based on reviews. So make sure you leave your handle on whatever social media platform you use. Or even leave your, I don't know if you'd leave your email there. That's a bit weird. But like leave it away that I can probably track you down. Or even just give me a wee message and let me know you left the review. Um, Something else I thought would be interesting. I think if you're listening through Anchor. If you're not, you could go over there. I think you can send voice messages. So if you have any questions for the show, you could also submit them verbally. Which I think would be an interesting feature. So think about doing that. Um, Yeah, very big week for Football Index last week. Wasn't great in a lot of ways, but... We, we really get into it on the podcast, positional changes, um, sell outages, all sorts of things. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't great, but there is some positivity as well. Um, if you haven't already tried Footstock, I 100% recommend trying it. Uh, sign up in the link in the description if you can. I'm an affiliate. I will get something if you do that, but it's a way to get back to me, and you'll probably get something out of it as well. You'll definitely get five free player cards, and you'll definitely get a fiver of a cash balance for free. Um... I think there's something going on at the minute. Now, don't quote me on this. I could actually be wrong. And if they're listening to this, they'll kill me for not knowing the facts. But I think if you buy your first pack, you get double cards in your first pack or something. And their shop is reopening. And then like they do their packs in a shop. It's been closed because they've been re-adjusting the weightings of the packs. But they've made them much fairer. And that'll be coming out in the next few days. So, look, the bottom line is... Sign up on the link in the description, you get stuff for free, no deposit required, and then if you wanted to buy a pack with the Fiverr cash balance they give you, or buy buy it with your own money, um, I think you get double cards in the first one. So, look, think about that. Check the double card thing before you take my word for it. But yeah, thanks to Footstock. Lads, I don't have any other crack for you. I'm back to work this week after the whole ACL debacle, so... It's gonna be a bit harder work keeping this going. It's been a dream the last couple of last sort of six weeks, but yeah, I think that's it. I think we'll go with the episode. Have a great week. Reach out to me. Let me know where you listen to it from. Again, leave a review. Make sure you're subscribed. All that stuff. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Have a have a really really good week. Alan Cooper, um, well known on the Football Index Twitter community. Alan, how are you? I'm good, thanks, John. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. You see, I know you're from the Twitter community. Would you be active on like Slack or the forum or anything as well?
1: I don't go on the forum, no. I do go on Slack a little bit sometimes when I get a bit of chance. So if I want to go in there, if something's happened and I want to sort of check out what people are saying instantaneously to it, You know, such as a problem or a, an amazing performance on the pitch or a big rise or a big drop or whatever, it's useful to just to see what people are thinking immediately um to it and slack's a good place to do that but i don't have much time I don't have time to go on everything so i mainly use twitter
0: one that really confused me yesterday was slack actually and i never got to the bottom of it because it was busy i was it was on a big drive um i couldn't look at my phone but when jamie vardy it was there was the whole you're into fpl there was the whole drama about he mightn't be starting when is he starting isn't he starting a few relatively big sort of early team news accounts were saying he isn't starting Um, and then i looked on fi and he jumped by like 15p and he was top of the squad risers list and i was really really confused i was like how's he rising if there's talks he's out and then it was confirmed he was out and he was still top of the risers list so i went into slack to have a look and no one was really talking about it and i didn't really even have time to message because it was driving but i was kind of like what is going on here has he like hit someone with a car or like fucking save the baby from a house on fire do you know something crazy that's going to mean he wins media for days or has he been racially abused do you know what I mean I was like what is going on here why is he rising but turns out it was just I don't even know he ended up dropping back down did you follow that at all or
1: no I I didn't to be honest what what, I don't know what happened there what sometimes happens with this kind of thing is he might have been rising quite a lot through the day with it being a silver day and him playing Norwich I suspect he probably was up quite a lot already and then it just so happened that when you checked out the price and stuff that he hadn't yet dropped, I'm guessing that's probably what happened. Um, but that's where uh, in the market would be handy. Yeah, absolutely. It's one. Of, it's a strange thing, isn't it? Because usually with team news, you know, you know, man, managers mention things in the press conference don't, conferences, don't they? But that sort of the rumours about him not playing sort of kicked off about ten minutes before the teams were announced, I think. And uh, yeah, a lot of FPL managers were scrambling around trying to substitute him out. I think at that point.
0: It was very funny, because like, I planned a this is a bit of an FPL chat, but I'm sure like 80% of the listeners care at least a little bit, so like, skip five minutes if you're bored, or even skip two minutes. Um, But I was going to roll an out transfer, you know. I had the free transfer there, and when I seen he wasn't playing, I was keeping him for this Norwich fixture. He's been disappointing for a few weeks. And I just sort of panicked and said, right, I need to get rid of him. But it was a really hard one to find a striker I wanted. I, there was no one I wanted, and I couldn't have Firmino because... I have three Liverpool assets already, and it's kind of it was panic stations like because it was 10 minutes left, you know. I'm pulling over the car in the motorway, sitting there in one of these wee loading parking <laughs> bay things like a twat, trying to like do my FPL team. I'd have a look at myself, but I got it done.
1: It's, uh, it's really hard. I, I do find I need to plan quite a bit with that. If you don't plan, you just do things off the cuff in a rush, a bit similar to FI, really. You probably end up making mistakes more often than not, but sometimes you do have to react quickly like that,
0: yeah um well look we'll get into it but first off disclaimer on the noise i've got a lot of background noise today because i am in a an absolute storm here in cork in ireland i don't know what this storm's called probably dermot or something but (laughs) it's one of those storm names and it's battering against the window so you can probably hear all that um we'll move on alan tell us a bit about your strategy you said to me when i was chatting to you you're a bit of a jack of all trades what are all the trades that you dabble in
1: Pretty much everything, to be honest. Um, I don't particularly have a favourite strategy or I feel that if I limit myself to one or two strategies, then I miss out on other opportunities. So I do spend, as people probably know, quite a lot of time on FI, just trying to maximise my returns as much as I can. So, you know, I've got one or two younger players that I'm holding long term. Uh, I have most of the top players that I'm holding medium to long term i do ipd trading sometimes you know before games looking at oh immobile has got you know six great fixtures coming up and might have a shot at pb that kind of thing also trading play sometimes if i'm watching a game so if you're watching a bundesliga game or something like that and you know a player that i already like perhaps uh, scores the first goal or something like that then again might jump on somebody and either flip them in play or sometimes think well actually. I've already researched this guy, I didn't quite pull the trigger before, but now he's scored, yeah, I'll, I'll get in and sort of hold for 30 days or something like that. Um, so I do have a very diverse portfolio of all kinds of players. Um, I've got about 180 players, I think. So um, I don't particularly focus on one thing over another. I think one of my strengths is probably the transfer windows. I enjoy the transfer windows. I think there's a question about that. But I get on news very quickly most of the time and can get on good transfers or could transfer stories quite quickly so transfer windows are good from a profit point of view for me they're not good from a life point of view because i end up with about 150 account twitter accounts popping up on my phone throughout the day which means that <laughs> i'm kind of uh, yeah sort of getting bombarded with twitter notifications which actually when you get to the end of the window it's actually quite a relief to turn them all off <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
0: it's like going, like working on a rig grafting for a few weeks, and then you come home, and it's the relief of having a few weeks off.
1: Pretty much, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot less sort of time-consuming trading in the season rather than the transfer window.
0: Yeah, um, no, that, that's fair. I think that that'd be very similar to myself. Now, I think I'm a bit of a chump at times and lack patience, especially recently. I think I think my big sort of thing is I need to to make a real conscious decision to make myself more patient, unless. Um, Prone to pulling the trigger either in sale or in buying, but that's something I need to work on. But in terms of like a strategy, if someone's asked me, like I'll do anything, do you know, wherever I see money or I see I see a chance to make some coin, yeah. I'm there. Uh, there's people who would say they are IPD traders. They trade fixtures. They do this. I mean, again, it all goes back, and I've said this too many times in the last few weeks. And I'm trying. It probably sounds like I'm trying to act smarter than I am, but it's about knowing your edge. Um,
1: yeah, it, And it is, it's about knowing where you're going to make money
0: and where, where your strategy works. And if, if that, like me and you, is doing a little bit of everything and taking opportunities when they come up,
1: then um, so be it. And would you would you find it important then to keep a cash balance? Oh, 100%, yeah, definitely, definitely. I've always got a cash balance. So if I run out of a cash balance due to buying somebody, I immediately look in my portfolio who I can list to market sell. Um, so I've always either got a cash balance or ham uh, trying to raise a cash balance, one or the other, because there's always opportunities. You know, things, things change regularly. There's always an outstanding performance or suddenly, you know, the penny drops with a player, such as that rise on Sancho. I mean, I already held Sancho, but when that big rise started happening, you know, I got another, bought another 50, sort of probably 10p after it started rising, and then he rose up another 50p or something after that. It's that kind of thing. If you've got no cash balance, you end up instant selling um you know players that you probably could have market sold so you know you're taking a loss on those players effectively by taking the instant sell price so i find that the only time i really instant sell is occasionally at midnight if i bought an ipd depot and don't normally do that or if obviously something mega changes such as um, a bad injury or something like that so if you can market sell more often than not then you're going to be you'll certainly make more money. So keeping a cash balance I find is key for that.
0: Yeah, because I think the thing with instant selling is you can look at it and you can look at a small spread and you can justify to yourself that, oh, well, I'm only losing 14 pounds in this trade. But I mean, that could be a significant chunk of the profit you've made. And if you do that a few times over the month, you could be down 60, 70, 100 quid that month on instant selling. Depending on the type of trader you are, but it's just something you need to be very careful of. Like sort of only instant selling you absolutely have to, and do it with conviction. Don't do it out of panic or fomo. Um, kind of be my advice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've read. I can't remember who it was now, but I read something on Twitter this week where somebody had said, "I don't think people realise that they're sort of sort of losing money or giving away money by instant selling um, compared to market selling because it's just numbers on a screen." I think if it was like so you see people, instant sell like three hundred Neymar just completely out of the blue or something. You think they've just cost themselves like two hundred and ten pounds or something. Now, if they actually had to hand over two hundred and ten pounds to somebody at the door, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. Yeah, so I just think people don't really understand what they're doing and, and how much money they're actually giving away. Like I say, if you have to do it as a as a sudden thing because some some major sort of incident happened, you know, like when the. Rape allegations came out about Neymar, for example. I can understand why people were instant selling, even with a seventy piece spread. You know, I can understand it. In hindsight, it proved to not have been necessary, but you know, I can see why people did that. But if you're just doing it randomly in the middle of a week where nothing's happened, it's just throwing money down the drain.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Those rape allegations, like with Ronaldo as well, like with elite footballers, they generally don't go very far. I'd say there's there's massive settlements involved. And they just kind of piss off. You can be pretty sure that it's just going to be squashed. Um, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's the same across the board. But it's an interesting kind of moral dilemma, isn't it? That we we'll, we'll not get into today. But yeah, just how there's all these, you know these, there's always rape allegations against professional footballers. Nine times out of ten, they're the way out, and it makes you think like how much truth there is to it. Anyway, I haven't delved too deep, so I'm not going to talk about it. But um, on your profile, it says you've been on from October 2017. Do you think Football Index themselves have made sufficient progress in two and a half years? Like, Are you
1: happy with the progress? That's a very good question. Um, I think they've made a lot of progress because when I started back then, that was when they still did the, the promotion and relegation of players. There was only 200 players uh, that were sort of live uh, and tradable at the time. Uh, PB, I think was not quite there or was it just come in maybe around that time I can't quite remember now because I didn't really do much at the, at the start I was just sort of buying one one or two shares in a few players and that kind of thing and trying to get on those 25 PIPOs on a Friday that kind of thing didn't really know much too much about the dividends straight away as most new traders don't um, but yeah there's been a lot of new things have come in the, the, sort of the PB side of things is fantastic I think IPDs now are, are great as well have they made sufficient progress oh it's really hard to say I think they've made great progress in recruitment of, of traders I think the marketing is excellent I think you know the adverts and things like that are you know as as good for me as adverts for other you know top gambling platforms um you know I think they've had some really really interesting ones um they've done people criticize them sometimes as they don't mention dividends or things like that but it's they're trying to sort of do them in a way where it doesn't sound too complex and they're just trying to sort of sell the notion of the product I suppose and, and the whole trading side of things so I think the adverts are really good at marketing um, I'd, I'd like to think that it would have made more progress with the tech I think one of the problems with the tech is that the because they are recruiting so many new traders and you know the number of people using the platforms as in the the, the website and the apps is growing so quickly I think sort of, it's almost growing too quickly for what they're able to do in terms of improving certain things. So it's one of those things, you know, do you either put the tech in place first or do you, do you market first? I mean, you can do both at the same time, but, you know, one's going to sort of grow faster than the other. And, you know, it's, it's which way you do it. So I, there's certainly lots of things I would like them to have improved by now. There's very frustrating things that probably will come up in the questions. And you do think, oh, for goodness sake, just sort this out, you know, because it will, <sighs> go on.
0: Sorry, sorry, proper cut in there. I thought you were done, small, small delay on the, the audio. Um, I think like with the tech, they've been kind of saying for, I don't know, it must be coming up, Nah, no, it can't have been a year now, maybe about six months they've been talking about NASDAQ. And they probably think whenever that's implemented and the order books are put in, and they're, I don't know if they've new servers or whatever, I'm not a tech guy, when all that kind of switches overnight or whatever it's going to do a big market suspension i imagine they probably think that's the tech fix and they probably think we're working hard on that tech fix behind the scenes and it's coming so if i'm thinking from big ac big daddy ac standpoint he's probably thinking like what's the point in sticking a plaster on the current sort of state of affairs or spending a lot of money to sort this out whenever it's going to be sorted in four months anyway um i'm not saying that's right you know at such a crucial time for the platform maybe a quick fix would me. i I don't know if this is even how tech works but i imagine there's there's a way you can kind of stick a plaster on or get some extra computers there's some extra bandwidth or something there's probably some tech guys out there shaking their heads massively but i think the principle of it's kind of right i mean there has to be something that could probably be done but might cost them a bit of money in the short term
1: i think it's, Um, it's difficult isn't it because we don't we don't know what nasdaq are actually powering in terms of what are they so they're going to be doing the new order books but them sort of powering the platform does that automatically mean that the website is faster and everything else is faster now i suspect the website will be much faster etc but like will they be powering the apps for example you know I, I don't know because at the moment the the ios app is probably the worst it's ever been in my opinion um so you know what what the well god I mean, yeah where do where do you start with it at the moment the ios app is is awful um the there's yeah there's that there's something went wrong it keeps coming up when you've just clicked on a player or something randomly you're getting that whole thing um about you are getting that what's it called says so something like wiki celeb or something which is sort of suggests there's something in the background sort to do with when adam wanted to do the celebrity uh <laughs> index or whatever it was that's really random it keeps searching for my location. I've not been abroad for ages, unfortunately. A few months now, it keeps it's sort of twenty seconds or so. It's like it's magnifying glass on the screen where it's searching location, and it's like I'm trying to do a quick trade on a player or something in a game, and then it this stops me from doing it and things like that. It's very slow. It's glitchy. When they when they release an update of the app to improve something, you know, to sort out an issue, it seems to create new issues. I don't understand how you've got an app, how it is today, for example. You do something to improve something, and then other things go wrong. It doesn't make sense. So, it, you know, it, it's frustrating. Um, and I, I, I try not to be negative much on Twitter because... or on, I don't want to be negative on here either, but, you know, people... Um, have a lot of money invested in this, it's a great product, it can go so far, and when there are little things that just cause frustrations and things like that, it is annoying, you know, and you do want them to get things fixed. So I don't think they can just ignore everything until Nasdaq comes in. I don't think Nasdaq will solve glitches on the on the app. I think that's down to FI's tech team to resolve that. And they're not they're not doing it very quickly and very efficiently in my opinion.
0: I think it's yeah. It's hard. You don't want to be too much of a Debbie Downer because the bottom line is you've got a lot of money invested. I have significantly, significantly less money invested, but money that I'm, I'm I care about. Um, I have a podcast. I'm putting a lot of time into this um, with the hopes that this this product takes off. But if we're being real about it, I mean, the last few months have not been great um, at all. I mean, and I've only been on just over a year and a bit now, maybe fifteen months and i'd say the last two or three months have been the most not even volatile from a market standpoint volatile from a football index standpoint i mean if we're talking transfer dividends this is that's position uh, things we'll get on to position changes rearrange games now that's not their fault you could argue but how it's dealt with and uh, the market sell being down which is what we're about to go on to the tech issues comms issues Joe, you know, there's a lot if we're being real um yeah. And I don't know if it is good enough at this stage, but, I mean, what do you do? We all love the product. Well, I'm going to stay here anyway. I'm not pulling money out. I mean, I have faith the boys will get it right, but... Yeah,
1: so do I. I, I have complete faith in them as well. And when they do make a mistake, if they do anything that costs you money, nine well, 19 times out of 20, you're not left out of pocket. There are one or two things you can say, well, I have been left out of pocket due to positional changes or, you know, things like that. But if certainly if there's an error with something which means you, you haven't got paid the right dividends, they always sort that kind of thing out. They are making progress. They have got Nasdaq on board. Okay, you, can, you, know, you can't just keep throwing Nasdaq out as a, as a word and just say, "Oh, everything's okay." Because Nasdaq are coming. You know it, that doesn't excuse other issues, but you know that is something that is going to sort things, a lot of things out. Um, and you know, the marketing is great. So there are loads of positives. And I think some people go way over the top. You know, I see if I see comments on Twitter that go over the top um you know in terms of the criticism i, I do call them out you know as uh, as people will know because i just think it's just damaging there's no need to go over the top if you're unhappy about something certainly you know state that that's fine um but it's like i very very occasionally i have a, a big whinge about something because i've just had enough you know sort of the straw that breaks the camel's back you know with, with something after t- sort of the third thing in a week that's gone wrong or something I'm like right that's it i'm having a rant but you know it doesn't really do any good but sometimes you just have to vent, <laughs> um, but you, you know you don't want to have to vent. You know you, you want everything to be to be working uh, how it should do. So, but yeah, I've got I've got up, up the utmost faith in the product. I won't be pulling any money out anytime soon unless I have to for sort of life reasons um, for, for any reason. So um, yeah, it, it, despite the fact things need to get better, it doesn't change my sort of view of the product. It doesn't concern me too much talking just about the
0: kind of topical things that have happened this week and unfortunately they aren't particularly great things to talk about but we're going to talk about them and then we'll get on to questions something that i was a wee bit off the grid about and honestly don't have I don't know enough about um i really should as a podcast host but market sale was down um all i know is it was sort of what was it like wednesday or thursday night evening and mm-hmm. um, the market sell function was unavailable for a while but do you know any more than that
1: don't know a lot about it um, on this particular occasion. Um, I, I wasn't sort of actively on the app or trading at the time, uh, but I certainly saw a number of people talking about it um, and obviously, you know, was made, made aware of it on that basis. Um, I think it's happened once or twice before. Certainly once I remember it because I was trying to market sell. I think I bought somebody maybe in play who had a big rise and they were sort of at their peak price and they kept going up and my shares that were in the queue weren't selling. And I was thinking, well, they must they, they must be at the front of the queue because isn't that the guy's now gone up ten P at his highest ever price or something. <laughs> he wasn't selling. People were buying on the people were clearly buying since his price was going up. Um, and then it did turn out there was an issue and that it wasn't working. So this is probably very similar. It's it's stuff like that. It's like what what's happening in the background stock market sell working? It's like it's impossible unless you're an absolute tech geek, or you probably worked even at FI to know what's causing that. It's really, really random. You know, we do have a lot of in-play traders. You know, if you buy somebody it goes up 10p and then he falls 8p back again, you want to have got out somewhere near the peak. And there are some people that are very good at doing that. Um, you know, and obviously they've lost out on the opportunity to market sell on that rise. Um, so clearly, again, stuff like that, it's just why has it happened? It's so random. It's said maybe it happened twice ever you know, they need to know what's caused that to happen and make sure it doesn't happen again. And obviously they have communicated that out since then to say that's what they're doing, which is fine. But, you know, they need to make sure that that doesn't ever happen again. You know, things will happen sometimes. Something might happen for the first time. It's a bit of a nightmare, but right, okay. A, well, we need to fix it. And B, we need to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I think if that if that's the case, people understand that and people are okay with it, Right. But if this happens again, if in three weeks' time market sell goes down again after they've said we're going to look into it, we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again, that's when people get really frustrated with it when it happens that further time because they've already had a warning about it, it's happened before. You know, that's a fundamental element of the of the platform is that you can market sell and not just market sell people you want to get rid of, you know, as long term holders, but, but actual in play market sell. Um, I mean, for if I give you an example, so, like, when I trade in transfer windows, it depends on the transfer room and things. I won't go into all that detail now because it's not the right time of year anyway. But if I see a room, let's say someone get linked, gets linked with Manchester United and they're a pound, you know, and I get on them quickly and they go up to one pound forty, right? Now, let's for example, I might start to market sell as that rise is going, and I might have sold them all by one pound forty. Now, if market sell was down, that guy might go up to one pound forty, and then actually. Another Man United journalist might come out and say, that's a load of rubbish, it's not going to happen. And he's back down to one pound five again. And I've not been able to market sell. I'm now stuck with those shares, probably with a big spread, because if I will put the spread on because of the price rise, and you've not been able to take advantage of that, of that uh, spike because you couldn't market sell. So if it happened in that kind of scenario, it is costing you money as an in-play trader. There's no doubt about it. So it depends on the situation, but that's just an example of where I might want to market sell a big spike, and if it's broken and I can't do it, that's not good enough. Mm.
0: Their their comms it came out on two day two nights ago. So what's today? Today's Saturday, so they came out on Thursday night at twenty past ten. So I assume it was Thursday night. And good evening, traders. We're aware there's a currently market currently issues with market sell. The team are currently looking into this, and we'll update you as soon as possible. Apologies for the inconvenience. And then they went on to say, Sale orders are now being filled and we're monitoring to ensure the platform stability is restored. Tomorrow we'll review trading activity during the outage and proactively make sure the traders that were affected are treated fairly. We'll also be reviewing the incident for improvements we can make to our process. And to make the platform more robust, we apologize for the inconvenience called tonight, our cause tonight. That's probably fair. I wonder if anyone actually got reimbursed for sort of missed opportunities like that, that's kind of almost subjective because you can't really tell when
1: someone would sell well no it's impossible isn't it really i mean I, I, unless they can see when somebody mark, market sold or sort of listed somebody and what price they were at the time and i mean how you do that i think it's impossible to be honest how do you know who's going to market sell i mean the, i might have wanted to market sell but new market sell was down so didn't bother for example so how how would you possibly quantify as impossible so if ultimately you know I think you're going to have to apologise to everybody, which you know we all know what happens when it's when that sort of, when that's the situation. Um, Deposit bonus, <laughs> ding ding ding, <laughs> it's bonus time. Yeah, I'm actually
0: going to play with sound effects for this episode, and I didn't warn you, so if uh, if I can make any happen, there might be some fun ones throughout okay. uh, for listeners. <laughs> they may be really poorly put on or like three seconds out of sync, but it would be funny. Um, yeah, look. Let's hope they make amends for that. Anyway, I didn't get burnt, but I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who are, are are listening eagerly for our opinion on it. I just hope you get reimbursed. Um, what are your thoughts on rearranged games? We're speaking kind of midweek games here in European. Um. Like I'm talking in particular European games that are impacting domestic fixtures. Coronavirus is
1: proving a bit of a nightmare. It certainly is, yeah, and obviously we don't know what's going to be happening. It's impossible. Nobody knows what's going to be happening with the coronavirus for starting in terms of its spread. Uh, well, I don't know if you've
0: seen it, but a lot of Italian games have been called off today and tomorrow. Yes,
1: they have, yeah. I was looking earlier on, so tomorrow's a silver day now, I think, isn't it? It will be down to 14 games as it stands, I think. Um, it, it's really, really difficult, you know. I can see. So on Thursday, there was a situation where the I think it was Salzburg Z- against Frankfurt game was postponed due to bad weather, and they announced it was going to become a silver day. But then they paid out a gold day anyway, <laughs> which I think was probably a mistake. I think they probably meant to pay out gold day, but someone didn't sort of press the right button to make it a silver day, <laughs> so they paid out uh, a gold day. Because if they're going to pay a gold day in the first place, why bother putting out the tweet that? annoyed everybody saying it's now, now a silver day so I'm p- pretty sure that was a mistake um, maybe what they should do this is just off the cuff I haven't prepared an answer on this is if at midnight of the day itself let's say today at mid you know, as the clock ticks to Saturday there are 16 games and then it turns out that two games are called off due to bad weather you know at 9 o'clock in the morning or whatever that it stays a gold day because you, it, at midnight there were still 16 games if the games are called off two days before then it becomes a silver day and i think the reason i'm saying that is that a lot of people will buy players for that weekend at, you know in the morning of the game or the day before a lot of people do that whether it's a good strategy or not is you know it's a different matter but a lot of people do buy players than the day before you see it you know the people in some sell people at midnight the ipds and then they're buying players who are clearly playing the next day so i think if you're buying players for a gold day and then you know with a few hours notice it becomes a silver day i don't think that's great so i think they should have a cutoff of right if it's a gold day at midnight it stays a gold day even if three games get called off yeah because it's pretty rare that games are called off on the same day anyway i think if they're called off a day or two before it's just tough luck and you know it
0: happened there i think without an easy, didn't it I think this was called off I think there's today, been, or was it called
1: off I'm not quite sure I got a couple of notifications from SofaScore saying games were called off I'm not quite sure when they were officially called off um it's a bit of a tricky one I mean I can see Fi. I can see why FI cha- you know in theory changed Thursday to a silver day because it, it no longer fitted the gold day criteria I just think you know it's not their fault but it's also not traders' fault either I think if you say if you buy players for Europa League for a gold day, and then it's now a silver day, but just due to, you know, one game getting called off for bad weather, I think it's a bit unfair on traders. And I think, you know, you just have, from FI's point of view, they've clearly got some money in the pot always throwing dividends around aren't on in incentives and stuff. I think they should just say, Do you know what, it's not worth our while in changing this to a silver day. But just because one game's been called off, I think we should just honour a gold day, which is what they've been eventually paid out anyway. So... It's it's really, really hard. Um but with the coronavirus, I mean, you, you suspect that games will be postponed reasonably far in advance. Mm. Right. As time goes on, if it carries on being an issue that you might end up with games postponed for the next weekend like, you know, by the Tuesday or something like that. Because you can't it's not fair on travelling fans, is it? You know, if you think in this country, you know, if Newcastle are away at Southampton and the game gets called off at you know, nine o'clock on the Saturday when they're playing at three o'clock. It's not right, is it? Because people have already traveled. So, you know, you'd imagine in that situation, they would call the game off two or three days before. So I'm sure as time goes on and people are getting used to the situation, um, you know, that uh, that'll probably get a bit more efficient, um, but things are just changing. It's an ever changing problem, isn't it? We don't know what's going on. And uh, well, I think I read yesterday that UV Inter has been played behind closed doors, but now it's been postponed. So it's like what this, they don't know what to do basically because it's an unprecedented situation isn't it so um you know they probably thought at first well let's let's play the game behind closed doors but i was thinking crikey you're playing a title decider basically in front of no fans it's crazy. It's, oh, its i mean I, I saw the highlights of the inter game in the europa league with with no fans there and i'm just thinking god I, it must be so weird as a player playing in, in your stadium and there's no one there and like i said you know in a big game it's, it's
0: do they celebrate the same as like a matter of habit? No,
1: like, they didn't really. You, you right? <laughs> it's <laughs> weird. When when Baragi scored his, sort sort scored the first goal for Inter, he sort of just like put his hand up in the air and went yay, and just sort of went yeah, back yeah, to the halfway yeah. line. Didn't really. It's like I'm not going to a massive celebration <laughs> when there's no one, no fans to celebrate in front of you. Know, it's it's yeah. weird. So it must be a weird situation for players that used to play in front of fifty thousand or whatever to have no one in the stadium for a, a proper game. So what do you do, you know, do you, do you just abandon this? If it gets worse, do you abandon the season? Do you play all the games in front of cl- or behind closed doors? What do you do? I mean, it's oh, it's, a, it's a nightmare situation. I wouldn't, have, wouldn't like to be the person making the decisions on that, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: I think in terms of my, my thoughts, I think I might be a little bit, I don't know if against the grains of word or a little bit of an unpopular opinion, but I would kind of have a different opinion to you in terms of the games. And been being postponed on gold and silver days. the The way I would look at it, um, would just be very black and white. It's it's however many games are played that day. I mean, yeah. I know people trade based off them, and they might buy in the build up, but I think, I think that's part of your bet. It is a bet. There is risk involved. True, and it's a three year bet. So like because one game has been postponed i don't think fi should have to pay double dividends on a day um and i know you could argue that 15 days is an arbitrary number based on kind of what a silver day and a gold day is and i mean how much more difficult is it or how much easier is it based on one team not being there and should should it still be a gold day but i get it all and i wouldn't really care either way i just think for ease of comms ease of friction ease of everything it just needs to be it's based on how many games you played that day lads if there's 14 played it's this if it's 13 played it's that if it's 15 it's that do you know it's it's just like look it's out of our control if the game's called off i'm sorry but that's part of the bet um now i know that won't go down so well with some people so i know there's kind of a a marketing bit on like a playing the game yeah. aspect for football index but my opinion would be like i don't see why it's unfair for them to pay 8p if it is a silver day and that's how many games have been played mm. because if you're it's, different, like, it's not different, but it's kind of different with Bronze Days, where people buy for Bronze Days because someone with a good fixture and a high PB average is probably in with a good shot. But to buy someone for a Gold Day, I mean, now maybe if you're buying your Neymars or your Trents or other PB Giants, maybe you have a fair chance. But if you're telling me you're buying Caputo or if you're buying Oxlade Chamberlain for that Gold Day specifically, that's pretty high risk anyway, if you're buying them for one day. So if the match is postponed, I mean that's the other side of the risk for that day. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. I, don't, I just think it's much more black and white and easy then, and, and saves any arguments and saves any discussion. Over I don't time. think there's
1: necessarily a right and wrong answer. It's just down to it's just down to opinion. I suppose where I'm coming from really is that you know they they budgeted if you like for a gold day to pay out the dividends for a gold day so with Frankfurt one game being postponed, does that actually make any difference? They were already, you know, from a liability point of view, they are already paying out for a gold day. So, you know, for the sake of one game being called off, is it worth annoying all the annoying traders and getting abuse on Twitter for it? But, you know, for the sake of, you know, that one game being called off, it's almost not worth their while to sort of, you know, rile people up. Whether people should be riled up or not, you know, is, is, is it, that's what we say, is, is it fair, is it fair that people are annoyed about it? Well, that's just a matter of opinion, isn't it? Whereas, is it worth it? Well, I just think it's probably not worth it. You know, if it's if a game's postponed that near to the start of the game. But anyway, then I think we've probably said enough on that, haven't we?
0: Yeah, and just to close it, I suppose I think actually, do you know what? I think we're pretty much saying the same thing, except different. I mean, in terms of, there just needs to be something that's black and white. You're saying if there's a time. I'm saying if it's cut dry with or cut and dry with the um the fixture number, yeah. I mean whatever it is, it just needs to be set in stone and stolen in the T's and C's, um. So there's no discussion about it. It just is yes, what it is. Sure, yeah. but, you know, people are aware of what it is, and if a game gets postponed, yeah. people know where yeah. they stand. Um, the next thing, which I actually we didn't talk about beforehand, I was running through what we talk about, but I just thought of it. Position changes, um. Two, of the big ones there. I suppose were Orsolini and Unus. There were a few more, but for me, just because I've held or um, sort of held them before, or cur- I don't actually currently hold either of them. But um, they jumped out at me because I was thinking, Jesus Christ! Um, it's a bit of a mad situation. And I don't think it's good at all. No, um, do you want to go on it or will I? I'm,
1: I'm happy to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: have a have a go, have a go, and then I'll chart
1: in. Okay, so first of all, the situation with position or, or players' positions on FI is that, just for anyone that doesn't know, is that FI take those positions from Opta, so whatever Opta class those players as is what FI class them as. And that means that FI are not deciding positions for themselves, which means that you know they, in theory, can't directly be criticised for saying a player is a midfielder when they're clearly a forward or whatever, so that's kind of fair enough as a standpoint. What the problem is, though, is that Optus seems to randomly change positions of players for no apparent reason, or there's an issue with the feeds um, where an old feed suddenly starts coming through for one or two players and changes their position temporarily, and then it goes back again. So my my opinion on this is that FI need to implement something which stops that from happening. Whether they have to say to Optus, look. We're paying you money for this data. Even if you have to pay a bit more money for it, we need X, Y, and Z to stop happening. Or we need to know in advance that players' position is going to change so that we can, you know, alert traders or whatever it is. It's not good enough that they just change out of the blue and then they go, Oh, well, it's not our fault, it's not to feed. No, it's not good enough. People bet on players. And you can say it's a gambling platform and that's part of your bet if you want to, but I don't I don't I think there has to be some stability, otherwise people won't buy certain players or won't feel comfortable investing lots of money in certain players on the platform which is only going to be detrimental to the platform if you take those two examples that you've given there which are both good examples so unus was down as a forward he got changed to a midfielder and obviously that makes him worth less the main reason for that is that um there are a lot more midfielders competing for each pb win whatever day it's on than there are forwards because they're much more many more midfield players than forwards so he got changed to midfield it immediately crashed about maybe 15 20 pence i think it was um some people then noticed on slack that his club had changed back to napoli which is his previous club one. oh, maybe it's an old feed so he might get changed back to a, a forward so then people started buying again uh which eventually is what did happen now i bought i already held orcelino so because i like orcelino i think it's a really Top player, I've watched him quite a few times. I really like him, so I actually bought bought some more at about two pounds. So I missed the first sort of twenty p of the rise. I thought, Do you know what, if he's a forward now, moving the summer, probably in Italy squad, he's going to he's worth even more than two quid. So I bought another three hundred, I think it was, um, and then he went up to about two ten, sort of middled out about two pounds where I'd bought him at, and then the position has changed back again yesterday. Or not yesterday, was it Friday now? i um, not sure if well, it was yesterday, yeah, Friday. So um, the issue is that people people have sold it, instant sold owners to about a 14p spread, I think he had it, quite a big spread already for whatever reason. So people have instant sold with a 14p spread, probably after he's already dropped 5, 6p in most cases, or even 10p, right? so, you know, panicking and got out of him. And now he's back to a forward again. And now they think, oh, great, so I should have held them. So they've lost probably God knows how much money by that position change. I bought Orselini at £2. Now he's gone back to like one ninety or one eighty eight or something because he's gone back to a midfielder. It's 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 ridiculous. FI need to take control of it. They need to implement something which stops this from happening um, because it's it's just, you can't keep having players ch- changing. I ended up getting in an argument with one or two people on Slack about it yesterday when they changed back because people said, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't buy people that are, you know, at risk of positional changes that are negative positional changes. One of the reasons I held Orselin apart from liking him was that I thought he should be a forward and should get changed to a forward. So when he actually got changed to a forward, I thought, well, that makes sense. And he still showed us playing at Bologna, which is his correct club. So I thought that is a genuine position change for whatever reason. So I'm going to buy more. So I had no reason to doubt from that one player's perspective that that wasn't going to be a permanent change. And now he's gone back to a midfielder again. So I'm now 10p a share or whatever he's down on those... 300 shares that I bought so you know <laughs> it isn't it isn't right and just to say oh well you, you know you took the gamble and this that and the other you should have known the might got changed back no it's it's not it's not good enough it's not any you know you can say that if you want to but it's it's not it's not fair you know you should be able to trade in good faith that changes are correct you should or so my, my opinion how it should be sorted out is that uh, FI should have a situation where when they do all of the things in the summer so every summer they've said that, we're going to do a dividend review i think they should combine and it's a lot to take in one one day i do appreciate that but they need to maybe suspend the market for a couple of hours maybe at some point is they need to do the dividend review announcement of whatever the dividend review is going to be they need to lock in all positions for all players for a whole season right so if and they need to a list so, right, you all know what the positions were before today. So, here's a list of 100 position changes, for example. You've got two hours to digest everything. Here's 100 position changes, they will not change now until next August, whatever happens, whether they move or whatever. These are the positions for the season, so you can trade with confidence for that whole season. And then, if there's any matrix changes again, if they did do any matrix changes, they can also be done at the same time. So, then you're the matrix changes are offset by the dividend increase. If, if there is a dividend increase, so if there's any players negatively impacted, perhaps by a matrix change, at least there's dividend increase. And then the same thing with any player position changes as well. And there will be some positive ones and some negative ones um, there for people. So I just think, do all of that at one time, and then they can say, right, no more matrix changes till the end of the season, no positional changes at the end of the season. And you can then trade confidently for that whole season. And that's a long time on FI. So just to say, oh, it's Optus feed. you know, nothing we can do about it or whatever, it's just not acceptable.
0: No, it's not. And you know, before you you went to that, I that, my, my solution is the exact same. I completely agree with you. And I don't know if I've heard it somewhere. I don't know if it's just the kind of common sense thing to do, but I would say exactly that. A couple of hours, market suspension, implement all the position changes. There's no way, there's no reason. You cannot tell me in this day and age, they can't take the initial information from APTA, buy the initial data and keep them at that for the rest of this season, say, all the positions. And then in the summer, you know, they get the data again, make the changes and leave it sit for a year. And if it happens, if it so happens that, I don't know who, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Becomes an attacking right winger and plays up front. Not up front. I'm not saying this will ever happen. He plays in Salah's position for the rest of the season next year and he's banging in 15 goals. I'm not saying this will ever happen. It's just hypothetical. Then it's it's almost like FPL where you've got an out of position player who's being rewarded more handsomely because of blah 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 their position and da da da. And that just becomes part of the game then, that becomes part of FI, and then it becomes part of the whole, when do you sell up because he's probably going to get his position changed for next season, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's all fine, and that adds another element, and I know you could say it adds more complexity, whatever, but it's much less complex or confusing <coughs> for beginners than this kind of activity of the last week. With yeah, absolutely, changes. yeah. Be unacceptable, and I do think the only way to do it
1: is to have a once a season kind of change yeah. and leave. Them the thing playing. is, you give that example there of, of like, say, it's a far fetched example, but it, it, I understand it. If a player changes, like T. A. starts playing right wing, but you've got players that are doing that already. quadrado has been playing right back all season for Juve, yet he's still a midfielder. So, so it's not even that like they, it's not even that like they do change them like mid season very often. Even if they are, they have moved positions. Alfonso Davis has been playing left back up nearly all season for Bayern. He's still a midfielder, so it's not even like they do change it now. And that would be a change the other way. Like it's not happening already, so that wouldn't be for me a negative. It's one of those things like you say you accept. It might then be that yeah, a player might have might double in price because he started playing, you know, up uh, well in midfield when he's a striker, whatever it is, and you know he's getting a lot more points or starts playing it. Um, or a defender starts playing in midfield or up front you know if you look at someone like Robert Skov, I think was down as a forward but he was playing left back and it mounts like a bad thing he was getting involved in so much play and stuff like that, that he, up and down the wing and putting tackles in and stuff he was actually getting really good scores so he went up a lot in price um, but like I say it's it's not as if they're, they're changing the positions anyway during the season a lot of the time so you know by implementing that what you've just said there and just do it like I said once a year it's not as if You know, you're um, doing anything different to what's now, because as I say, uh, people have actually bought players like Quadrado, sort of hoping to get changed to a defender, and he hasn't been changed, so.
0: Yeah, sorry, I was just leaning over there, I'm trying to work out, I thought it was time for ticker watch with Alan Cooper, but I was thinking what might be good to do is leave it until about two o'clock when team news come out. (laughs) out so that we can maybe actually digest a little bit more from the ticker so stay tuned for that one folks I'm gonna try and add some cheesy sound effects in I guarantee this comes out there's no sound effects because it can't work it out but um anyway we, we'll go into a few sure. questions and then maybe we'll get back to that um, so a couple of miscellaneous ones there, there seems to be a bit about like a grocery shopping and a few questions about that sort of thing um I don't know if there's there, there's a backstory here on but DD football index has said What's your favourite frozen frozen fruit to get delivered in the weekly shop, and your least favourite rotten food you've picked up on the <laughs> discount dial?
1: Right, I don't. This this whole thing is really strange, really really strange. Where where I think it's come from is when I first set up my FI account, I put in my bio my personal Twitter account. So I have two different accounts. I've got my own one, which I don't even post much anymore, but. I used to mainly discuss Barnsley, who I support in football um, and, and sort of cricket and, and stuff like that. So I created a new account for FI, so I didn't annoy, annoy all my followers on there. Um, and a couple of times... <laughs> so I get I get food deliveries from Morrisons, and a couple of times I've sort of tweeted them and said, look, you've just delivered me this. It's, ro- it's bad or whatever. <laughs> but I think there were a few traders that followed my personal Twitter account and obviously find it funny that I'm... Email, sort of tweeting Morrison's customer service about you know <laughs> bad fruit or whatever it is and said this isn't good enough and blah 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 so people seem to think that's amusing um and therefore that's where this whole <laughs> Morrison's thing has come from I think RC started it off uh sort of taking a mick out of my Morrison's tweets but pff, I, other than that I don't really understand why it's that funny to be honest but I yeah. think <laughs> it's become funny because it's sort of it's nothing has turned into something that sort of gone on for a, <laughs> quite a few months now where people seem to find it amusing, but I, I don't really get it myself. But, you know,
0: <laughs> hey, if something
1: amuses people, then that's great. You know, um, suppose what, what would be your favorite frozen <laughs> fruit if you had to pick one? <laughs>
0: uh, probably
1: hmm, probably blueberries. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're small, so they would defrost quite quickly. You could stick them in your overnight oats and it would work work a dream. If so you suck a strawberry or something in there, it would be rock hard the next day.
1: Yeah, um, the smaller frozen fruit, definitely better. Yeah. And have you ever uh, picked up a pretty rotten food on the discount dial? No. No, never. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick something rotten. No. In fact, to be honest with you, if you're going to pick something that's going out of date, probably go for something like bread because you can probably stick it in the freezer. It'd just be okay. If you buy, I wouldn't buy a salad or fruit that's going off because it's rank, isn't it?
0: yeah mikey you know. Like, <laughs> uh we'll move on if i had hunter has said great guest looking forward to this one i have a question please can you tell us when you're recording the pod so i can instant sell all the shade for my portfolio knowing alan won't be watching the ticker for an hour uh, i gave him the heads up so um do you know what we're going on ticker watch so we might just catch him you said you're always watching <laughs> uh that's what you responded to him but anyway we move on into the 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 meat of the podcast, as they say. Uh, a question from the forum. Greg Greg O'Locky, is it? Greg O'Locky says, are you related to
1: Alice Cooper? Sadly not, I'd probably, be. I'd probably have an even bigger portfolio if I had.
0: Mm. And then what he goes was- on to say, more importantly, as I am on the verge of going from five figures to six figures myself, do you have a plan to reduce your exposure um as in plans to play with profit and take out original investment. Um I ask this because I only see further growth in the platform and I'm setting on leaving my investment slash gamble in place, but with the uncertainty of how things are gonna pan out with the introduction of order books, it is a risk. So I suppose he's sort of saying, Are you gonna try and go risk free or would you be keeping yeah. it all there?
1: I've got no no plans to take any money out at the moment. Um to be honest, I've only got I've got less than ten thousand of my own money in there anyway. Um, so the vast majority of my portfolio is profit already. Um, I've never had more than twenty k in there um, at any stage anyway. So um, I've got no current plans to take any money out. Um, so no, I'm happy to happy to leave in what I've got in there and just hopefully it keeps growing. Um, I don't see any reason to reduce exposure. I can only see the market growing with time. Uh, there's always bumps in the road every now and again you get a sort of a market sort of booms a bit sometimes it drops a bit things like that but when it does drop a bit i've seen that enough times now to so know it's always a temporary drop and it doesn't bother me um so you know there might be one or two bumps in the road but you know, there's no reason why this you know prices shouldn't be double travel what they are for certainly for the, the players that are worth it in the next couple of years so i'm happy to leave leave the money in there um in terms of the order books, um, it's going to be vital that FI get the education right with the order books, and that it's simple enough to to use. Uh, which I, I think they will do because they, have, they they'll know they have to. Um, they don't want to lose you know half the traders because they don't understand it. So I'm confident that they, they will they will roll it out correctly. They won't roll it out until it's ready and that they have got a a good sort of um, you know video or whatever it's going to be showing you how to use it properly. Um, so there may be a bit of a bump in the road some people might panic about order books if they sort of say oh yeah right first of July order books are coming in you might see a few people go oh and you know you might get sort of a few small drops but I think actually order books will be great for the platform long term so you might sort of take one step back to sort of go 10 steps forward almost with order books so you know I personally am not worried about order books I think it'll be a good thing So I certainly wouldn't be withdrawing money on the basis that all the books are coming in. I think that answers that
0: question. We'll move on. Vespasian32, who's been a guest before, quite a vocal member of the community. Um, We see lots of football index users that have made great profits, withdraw their stake and leave profit in to grow. When was the last time you deposited over a grand and would you consider more deposits in the future? So has it been a while since you deposited?
1: No. I deposited um it wasn't a huge amount um but I deposited certainly over a thousand pounds within the last couple of months, and I would consider more deposits if I had it I haven't really got any spare money at the moment to be honest with you i' currently buying a bigger house and stuff like that, so I don't really have any any more money to put in but if I'd got another you know ten k or whatever sat in a you know nicer or something, I probably would stick it in to f i so it's more lack of cash rather than um, not wanting to put cash in, why I probably won't be depositing any more in the near future. But um, if I got more money, I definitely would be thinking about putting it into FI. Hopefully, what we might see with a bit of luck in the next few weeks is people that are worried about their stocks with all the coronavirus issues. Uh, I think I spoke to a couple of people who've got money in share stocks and shares who mentioned. I think one said he's had a six percent drop one's an eight percent drop due to the uh, you know all the shares and stocks falling due to the worry about the coronavirus so maybe some of the people who've got money in there might think to stick it into fi with a bit of luck mm,
0: or do you think it'll be the same in fi where people will run away because of all the rearrangements postponed games and risks of the euro's being called off and things like that now i know that's way out there and i'm not saying it's going to happen but do you think that's a general fact there's a question about that we'll give them a share when we get to it but do you think that's a genuine concern the thought of major tournaments and events being called off.
1: I think at the moment, this this you certainly cannot say that the Euros will definitely go ahead. There's definitely a risk that it won't go ahead. You know, and I guess they could always play it next summer, for example. You know, if they had to. Obviously, you've got all the logistics and everything else, and clearly it'd be a nightmare. I don't think it. I don't think it would really make much difference to Fi. Obviously, people have bought players for the Euros, as, as or they certainly claim they have anyway. Whether people have really bought players for the Euros or not, who knows? But um, I certainly think you know, to some extent, people have sort of almost um, sort of tried to protect their portfolio by buying players that have got the Euros as a backstop. You know, uh, if they've gone out the Champions League or whatever. So, but it, in terms of the whole market, I don't think it would be an issue because you know, if money drops out of some players, it goes into somebody else. You know, we've we've had you know, we had last summer we had no uh, no Euros or World Cup last summer, and you know, it's fine so the good thing with fi is that you know you've got the media dividend so if there aren't any games you've still got media you know they might do quintuple media dividends again like last year so i don't i don't think it would affect fi in that sense and of course the assets on fi are not affected by the coronavirus um whereas obviously certain stocks and shares and things are you know potentially could be affected by it so that's what they're dropping so you know um, fi itself should be pretty immune to that in fact it might actually gain by you know, as I say, people being more worried about actual businesses and things like that, and, and putting their money into FI maybe instead. Certainly, people in the UK. Um So I can't see any reason why it would be a problem. Um Like I say, if it if the euros gets cancelled, obviously it'll you probably see a lot of volatility in terms of portfolios. But ultimately, money. Sh- There's no reason for money to leave the index. It might just get moved around. So again that's why I've got a diverse portfolio that if something changes or there's a bad injury or anything at all um, that I've got players that cover all different types of trends Um, so um, you know I'd I'd advise people that say they have got all players that only players that are in the Euros and they are reliant upon the Euros to hold their price to you know maybe just diversify a little bit
0: I think um, I wonder who'd be the first player to get coronavirus if any it'll be interesting what will happen then And just, uh, hopefully none, hopefully none, Mm. but you know, have you seen this thing that's going on social media the last few days and it's all about how like Corona, the beer sales have been affected. Um, Or at least the, like, I don't even know if it's been affected, I didn't read into it, but apparently it's affecting their sales. I think people are giving the name Corona more of a negative connotation, but at the same time, they're thinking of Corona more. So. Along this theme, very quickly, Alan, what we're going to do is we're going to look at players with Corona in their name of football index. So we've got Jose Corona. Surprise, surprise, he's Mexican. He's 39 years old, from Guadalajara. Um, if you've watched Narcos Mexico, you'll be familiar with the place. And he's a goalkeeper. So he's sitting at nine pence. His price hasn't moved in the last three months. So I don't think it's really affected him. We can safely say that. Jesus Manuel Corona, however, born the same year as me. So he's twenty-six. It's actually just twenty seven, he's he's a bit earlier in the year. Place for Porto Winger, a lot of you'll be familiar with him. He's sitting at a cool thirty eight pence. And if we, let's say coronavirus has really taken off in the past month or so. He's risen in the past month from about thirty three pence to thirty eight P, so might be something to it, do you know? People, people think about Corona.
1: Yeah, people are probably hoping he'll pick up Media Bus for having Corona in his name, probably.
0: Yeah, you know, people think of weird ways. But anyway, I digress. We'll move on. Um, let's see. TC has asked or said, um, cooped, cooping, and this this should be a miscellaneous, but we're, we're going with it. Cooped, cooping, and coopinator are commonly used in the timeline. For example, did you see Simon get caught in the timeline yesterday? Oh, yes. I felt, I felt quite bad for him, really. He got completely cooped. Do you have any advice on how we should use these terms most effectively?
1: I think the best person to ask about this is probably R.C., because I think this has all come from R.C. again, with his uh, dry humour that he he possesses. Um, So (laughs) I'm not entirely sure about all this. Um, So I think, basically, I'm a very direct, straight-talking person, um, and I think so. I'm not frightened to call somebody out on something that's a load of rubbish and I will just say that's an absolute load of nonsense Um, if I can disprove something with a price graph or whatever it is I'll put that up there so if somebody does talk what I perceive to be a load of nonsense or they've put something factually incorrect up or whatever it is I sort of disprove it or argue against it or call it out or whatever you want to say Um, so uh, RC I think as as Sort of call this a cooping uh, or being cooped or whatever, um, and obviously my surname is Cooper, so uh, that's where cooped and cooperated and all this stuff comes from. So, you know, I've had no uh, input in the, these names or phrases whatsoever. Um, but again, I just find it quite funny, um, and then uh, people sort of uh, look at my some of my old tweets sometimes and say, "Oh, look, you've been you've cooped yourself or you've been cooped or whatever." If I've made a bad sort of uh, you know sort of a suggestion or a bad uh prediction or something like that on a player's price or something like that so it's it's just it's one of those things it's it's funny it's funny isn't it it's like there's got to be some humor on on the timeline you've got to sort of embrace it and go along with it and stuff but where it's come from and everything else i mean god knows um but how to use the terms effectively i think basically um being cooped effectively is, yeah, you, you post something that gets basically disproved uh, or, you know, the ridic- or ridiculed or something like that based on, you know, usually facts or, you know, um, something like that. So, yeah, just basically, if you want to avoid getting cooped, just don't post a lot of rubbish about anything mm-hmm. and then you'll be fine.
0: Might be added into Oxford Dictionary volume, um, year 2030 or whatever. We might get it in by then when FI blows up.
1: Yeah, you never know. You know I'd, be, I'd be honored to be involved. Yeah. I would have said, like, you've been scooped. Do you know,
0: like, because you, you, I would say that anyway. And Scooped cooped fits in there, but maybe I'm, maybe <laughs> I'm overstepping my, uh, I'm overstepping is what I'm doing. Alex Fale has asked, thoughts on the current setup? Players still change in position with no prior warning. market still not working. Media changes put off to the summer app randomly closing when scrolling through pb etc do fi need to switch a bit of cash from that market and budget to tech so we've talked about all those points we'll not get into them but i suppose the end of it there from alex do they need to switch a bit of cash from that market and budget to tech Again, we kind of covered it anyway but is there anything you would
1: add i, I sort of made that point a few uh, quite a while ago probably a few months ago um and I said you know do you want to sort the product out before we get all these users that then might get put off by glitches and errors and all these kind of things I think basically fi have said themselves that you know the budgets are separate and you know um just because we're marketing doesn't mean that we're ignoring other areas and obviously there is a marketing team there's a tech team etc and i think you know money is not mutually exclusive between the two um well apparently it isn't i mean if it was the case that they haven't got enough money to you know therefore the tech's not good enough or there's not enough staff in that team or whatever and and actually they could do with putting somebody else um on the team or they could do with upgrading something or whatever and by you know knocking 20% off the marketing budget meant they could do that then yes I would say yes um but I think it's they feel as though it's key to actually grow and, and for everyone to have heard of fi and everything else as quickly as possible so that's that's the way they're sort of you know looking at at um, things so like I say there's been there have been a lot of issues I just don't know whether did, I don't I'm not convinced that reducing the marketing budget or campaign would actually mean those things get sorted out quicker but if they if it did then I would I would agree with that yeah
0: yeah very good um completely agree Joe Felix has asked Or first off he says top man is Al uh, what has both of your thoughts been on the incredible rises of the likes of Bruno and Sancho, and has it surprised you in terms of how quickly they've reached their respective prices? Bruno has shocked me, maybe wrongly, but 7 quid I didn't expect that.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Well, first of all, it's very kind of Joe to say that. Um, Thanks very much. Um, Has it surprised me? I think the speed of the rises has surprised me a little bit, but... What you, what you what you find at the moment is that I think a lot of people are uncertain as to where to put their money, and that's FI's fault for all these promotions that they keep changing the you know the goalposts of your trades and all this kind of thing. So I think there are a lot of cash balances out there because people don't know where to put the money. Not because there isn't value there, but people are thinking, oh, well, you know, we don't know what they're doing for the Euros yet. You know, they're going to do a PB thing or a sweepstake or a MB thing or whatever, and so there's a lot of uncertainty in regards to that. So I think people got big cash bounces. So when they see a, a, a top player rising, whether it's a Man United link in the case of Sancho, or just generally a story comes out saying he's definitely going to leave this summer or whatever, or you get the whole Bruno thing where actually his media is continuing and his PB is now proving to be good at United as well, even though they're not a PB-friendly team normally. People are going, right, do you know what? I'm getting on this rise and to some extent that does mean that the rise is happening therefore much quicker than you would expect so I'm not surprised I probably expect, I don't know it's hard to say isn't it? I think Sancho I expect to continue rising all the way to the Euros in the summer but just because he's got the Euros, he's got be England's main players, he's very likely to leave Dortmund in the summer and probably a 75% chance that will be to the Premier League I'd say so that, the surprise sorry the surprise, the rise was always going to happen I think but it's happened quicker than I expected With Bruno, I think it all depended on his performance. So his media is continuing to be high, despite the fact the move was now a month ago. So I think that's made people think, actually, you know, there's no reason why that should massively slow down now. I think it will slow down a bit, but he's maintaining that uh, spotlight in the media. And he's also, he's on penalties as well. Um, I know that Rashford and... Pogba are out, but Rashford and Pogba have had terrible penalty records or not not terrible but not brilliant I think Rashford was doing okay but he's missed a couple so I think with Rashford being out probably for the rest of the season or certainly very close to it Pogba very very likely to leave in the summer and Fernandez being such a proficient penalty taker I think there's a very good chance that he will stay on penalties even next season so I think people have seen that as well of course scoring penalties means more goals which means more media wins As well, so it's a bit of a knock-on effect. So I think that, plus the fact he's had pretty good performance scores, just means that people have actually seen sort of proof now that he can be that elusive MB and PB sort of combined or sort of hybrid player, as you might want to call it. So I think again, the the rise has happened so quickly because people have got these cash balances and they're sort of desperate to find somewhere to put that money where they can be confident it's going to return dividends. And I think Bruno is. Turning out to be that player that can do that.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah, I think it's the speed at which he got there that surprised me. Seven quid for a guy that he I'm not trying to get put him down by any means, but these would my concerns. He's seven oh seven at the minute. I mean he's no spring chicken, like I mean he's what, mid twenties, is he? Late twenties? I think he's twenty seven or
1: something. Twenty that's should probably point. get this right if I'm going to talk. I think it's about 20. My guess is 26. Let's see.
0: Oh, 25. Oh, he's 25. Yeah, yeah. still mid 20s. Do you know, United aren't doing great. Now, you could say that'll turn around with him, but I mean, European football isn't guaranteed next season. I'm not saying it, it looks likely they will have it, but I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. These are the things that would have made me think he wouldn't have hit 707. Um,. Portugal, if I'm not wrong, are in a bit of a group of death this year in the Euros. Do they have like Germany and someone else? Germany and France, I think. Yeah, like I mean, there's no guarantees they go deep in that tournament. I mean, there's a lot there, but you know, next season you never know. He is he is proving on that media front, and he is taking penalties, and he does have goals, and he is creative, and he is exciting, and he is at Man United, so he's not going to lose I him think he's time soon.
1: Yeah, he's got a lot going. For, he's got a lot going for him. I think that's the thing, and there's not many players you've got that many things in their favour and I think also if you look at the price you know there are players above him you know quite a bit above him still for you know for for probably valid reasons but I think the market's been stretched hasn't it by that big rise in Sancho and I think that sort of makes Bruno look decent value as well Um, I probably should say this because people are going to pick probably uh, (laughs) mention this so there's quite a lot of uh, people having a go at me about Bruno Fernandes because through the transfer window, you know, I was sort of saying, look, you know, he's had such a massive rise and if he doesn't go to Man United, there's going to be a bit of a car crash. And I wasn't trying to put his price down or anything, but it was like, mm, be careful because if he doesn't move, you know, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a, a lot of downside to it. And my issue with the, the Bruno situation in January was that he went up about, about, about a pound. His first pound of his rise was before any sort of reasonable or what I would, called Reliable Outlets came out with the story. It was all sort of random Portuguese um, sort of like Ebola and stuff like that coming out saying that United might be in for him, that kind of thing. He'd risen a pound off that. And then when it sort of started filtering a little bit into the English media, he'd already gone up a quid. And I thought, do you know what? If he could, there's no guarantee he's going to move still. But people kept buying and buying and buying. He kept going up and up and up. And you think the more he went up, the more he had to fall if he didn't move. So I just kept sort of warning people, just generally saying, look, if he doesn't move, he's going to have, you know, a massive crash in him. So just be careful. And, you know, people obviously kept buying more. We had the whole SG situation where he was sort of tweeting out, going, I've topped up again, I've topped up again. And I'm thinking, God, you're crazy. Just because if he didn't move, the downside was so big. But obviously, you know, people put their money where their mouth is, then they deserve to be rewarded. So people like that, I'm like, well, do you know what, fair play, you got it right, he has moved. And, uh, you know, I have, I have bought in, I bought in about £5-something, so I've now had a nice rise and quite a few dividends as well. But I'd rather wait for that confirmation with something like that, what is the big downside. I'd rather wait for the move and miss out on the rise because I don't want to take the risk of a big fall and a massive spread and everything else. Um, so, uh, you know, fair play to the people that bought in January, especially the people that have held till now they'll be very very rich oh yeah
0: absolutely amazing <laughs> i bought like two or three hundred of them in november uh when he's about 230 or 240 i was thinking well this is going to happen again isn't it and i think i sold when i had like 350 or four quid or something thinking geez i've made an amazing trade here what a fucking chump i am what a chump i am um <laughs> one of those it's one of those ones like where i look back in the transaction history and see if i it sold before and kill it and i can't kick myself but um there's something that's a bit of a tangent there i just want to touch on very very briefly because i think it's time for ticker watch it's around team announcement time um <laughs> would you it's just after talking to um who did i talk to last week who did i talk to last week yavi so and it's just yavi's blatant sort of pump approach where it's just capital letters really really in your face blatant blatant pump I think the pumping thing's is a weird thing, and it's just whenever you, when people post who they've bought, and post the transactions and stuff, is that as much of a pump as someone posting blah, 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 blah pence, this of a PB, that of a PB, potential for this, potential for that, bang. Both are very different posts, one's an image of a purchase thing, and one's a... kind of generic pumpers post are they both pumping is one better than the other or are they both the same or should you just well i i just take with a pinch of salt don't really to be honest i don't really criticize anyone too much unless they're giving false stats Um, i don't really see anything wrong with posting who you're holding or who you're buying but like in general i mean certain people get a lot of a hard time for posting kind of stats and prices and potential upsides and some people do other things like posting transactions I don't see them. I don't
1: think there's a difference. Right. So I think this is it's kind of a polarizing topic, isn't it, this really? I think everyone's got their own opinion. There's not necessarily a right and wrong opinion of it. Um, the only issue I have with anything to do with this is if people are pumping and dumping. Okay. So if you've got if you've got a player that's in your cell queue. And you're pumping them to, to try and get someone to buy your shares in the cell queue. Everyone buy Jaffa
0: Tanganga. Everyone buy <laughs> Jesus Christ, I've been waiting for him to sell for a long time.
1: <laughs> so that is out of order. If you're doing that. that, that's without debate really at all. I think if you have just bought somebody randomly, let's say, um, and, and, you you maybe you bought three hundred shares and someone that's thirty p and you think do you know what I reckon I can put enough of a story together for this player to make people go, oh yeah, he sounds good and get him to forty P and then sell them. For me, that's also really underhand. It's not quite as bad as pumping and dumping if you or it's not quite as bad as if you've got them in the sell queue, but it's still not really on, if you ask me, because that person is looking to sell them you know, maybe within a few hours, uh, sort of posting that um, tweet. Um, so as I say, that that's also you know not on for me. It, pumping itself, though, people people sort of call pumping um, j- like just posting about a player that you think is a good player. Now, if none of us ever talked about players, it'd be a bit boring, wouldn't it? So if you're saying anything positive about a player automatically people think well, you must hold him but that's fine you know what's wrong with that you know we're just debating players i think talking about screenshots occasionally i do i don't post many but i do post the odd screenshot so for example if i go and do a couple of hours i don't do it very often but if i do a couple of hours of research on index Game. so for example i've done a bit of research before where i've looked at who's dropped in the last 30 days maybe during a transfer window which pb players have dropped quite considerably sort of you know, free up cash balances for those transfers and do a bit of comparison. Go right, I think this player, this player, this player, this player have dropped you know 10 percent or whatever, it's not really justified. So, I'll do a few top ups and then post a, a screenshot of right, I've just topped up on these six players because they've all dropped by x pence you know or x percentage over the last 30 days, and you know, therefore, um, you know, I think they're all sort of a, a good entry price. Now, that is obviously you can that's going to that's. That's class as a pump, isn't it? People gonna say that's a pump, okay? But the thing is, I've just bought them. Yeah, I'm not gonna buy Ganabri or Coman or Coutinho or something, I'm looking to sell them two hours later because I've put who I've just bought. So if I'm buying them because I'm intending to keep them, which is I would always be doing that if I tweeted something like that, then yes, I'm saying I think those players are good buys. Then it's up to people to say. To have a look at that and go, do I agree with that or not? You know, has he got a good point? Has he identified some good players there at good prices? And if people agree, they might go, oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Do you know what? That's a good, a, you know, a good, a good one. Um, I didn't realize he dropped that far, so I'll buy some as well. Or they go, hmm, I don't really agree with that. Not my sort of player or whatever, and they don't buy them. So I'm not really posting those to in that scenario to try and get people to buy them as well. It's more just to say, look, I've done some research, and actually, I didn't realize that you know gonna be a drop 15p or whatever at the time um you know when you talk, do the research you come across that and then it so for me doing a screenshot of, of a purchase when it is sort of especially not someone you're going to pump and dump you know if you sort of do a screenshot of buying you know that egyptian guy amo warder or, or whatever it's called that it always seems to rise every now and again and just sort of go oh, yeah he's you might get a move to a pb league and all this that's just a load of nonsense isn't it but if you're buying people that people know and it's a top. You put it a to top up, and you know I've done the research. This is why I bought them with a bit of reasoning. Then I think you know that's for me that's fine. And I follow people that post, you know, tips on players and who do do proper research and say I think X and Y and Z player are a good value because you know, for certain reasons. Ultimately, you have to take responsibility for your own trades. You know, if you come on FI and you just follow everybody else like a sheep, you know, to some extent it is your own fault if you lose money. That doesn't mean it's right to pump and dump rubbish though. So don't pump and dump. But ultimately, you know, if you follow a pump and you get burned by it, A, you probably won't do it again because you've learned your lesson. Um, And and B, you know, it is your own money. You don't place a bet unless you know what you're betting on. So, you know, I would always say to people to um, do your own research. I mean, it's a bit of a catchphrase or a hashtag almost on FI now, isn't it? Do your own research. But... it really is true, and if, if somebody posts something about a player, and I think, oh, not, I don't know much about that player, I'll go and I'll go and Google them, I'll go and look at the stats and stuff like that, and think, do you know what? That's actually a good shout, and then I'll go and buy them myself. Yeah, so I so I think pumping someone you genuinely believe in, it's fine. Um, you get you get people then who say, oh, well, why why if it's such good value, why don't you just buy some more? But it's like, well, I've just bought some more, I'm happy with the number of shares I've got in the player now, and I'm just telling you that I think. You know, it's a, good, it's a good buy for X, Y, Z reason. Like, it's perfectly fine. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think, like, talking about players is what it's all about, and that's why I do it in this podcast. But yeah. something that I would struggle with then is, like, I am not like I have a lot less followers than a lot of the Twitter community who would be posting screenshots. But I do have a podcast which has listeners. I don't know if that means they take my opinion more seriously or if they don't. I actually don't know the answer to that. I, f- I would feel a moral obligation not to be... Like if I've I've went from twenty players odd down to about eight now or something. Um and I've sorta of been at the time I I'm putting put my money where my mouth is, big dick now I'll swap whipping it out in the table, do you know what I mean? Let's do this, I'm gonna condense down, go high risk, great, yeah, I know what I'm doing, I'm the best ever, right? No, there's a bit more to it than that, but that's that's the kind of machoism that look it looks. Um yeah. but really it's just me wanting to switch it up a bit and maybe um try and be a bit more profitable when I look at the amount of money I've been and I look at the amount of time I've put in over the last year. I'd almost rather be a bit higher risk and maybe get bigger gains because for the time I've put in the amount of money I've got back and anyway there's a lot to it but when I go and I buy someone and I've got 20% of my portfolio and I've got for me like two grand saying it and and that's a substantial amount of money for me is it wrong for me afterwards to post and say I've just bought this amount of that person because I'd be feeling then right well what if, if people are thinking Mike Jones going big and this is who he's going big on I might have a lot of beginners who listen to the podcast and might go and buy them and then we all get stung. I just don't feel comfortable with that. So that's why I'm not doing it. But I also <laughs> fear that if I didn't, people would be like, look, at this guy's a pump and duck merchant. He's using his platform to manipulate people. And, do you know, it's kind of one of those.
1: I think it just comes down to if you're comfortable with it. I mean, the thing yeah. is that, you know, if you, you you open yourself up to criticism if you post about players, you know, negatively or positively. You know, I mean, for example, I... I I made a tweet uh, during the transfer window again about Haaland so people were buying Haaland for the Man United move and I said look if he doesn't move to Man United or doesn't come to Premier Premier, League he'll probably be worth two quid now obviously (laughs)
0: sorry can you hear the ice cream van? I can motherfucker it's fucking gone. freddy's ice i'm not joking you were in the middle of fucking storm david <laughs> it's honestly hailstones outside and that prick's out selling ice cream
1: <laughs> is it really Money, ice, is it really ice cream though that's what Money
0: you're 100 i'm gonna rat him out
1: He's
0: the sponsor the show and rat him out Made and true a thing with this before anyway sorry i completely interrupted uh, you but that's all right yeah Hallen didn't work out how you expected.
1: well no to be honest when, when i somebody was sort of saying oh yeah he will still be worth just as much if he goes to dortmund or whatever and i i, I I didn't really think he'd be two pounds, but I said, you know, just a his PB is pretty bad, so it'll be sort of worth two quid. Two quid at, you know, anywhere outside the Premier League. Now I didn't really think two quid. I probably thought two pound fifty or something like that. Clearly, that's been completely wrong. So somebody dred- dredged that up the other day. But that's what you're opening yourself up for if you engage in debate and sort of say, oh, I don't think anyone, this person will be worth any more than this, or I think, you know, this person will be worth four quid and he ends up being two quid. You know, three months later, then, you know, you're opening yourself up to, you know, someone's always going to screenshot that and wait for that thing to go wrong so they can bring it up and you, you know, embarrass you on the timeline. But that's the thing. If you're comfortable with it and you go, do you know what? Yeah, if I get something wrong then you, and somebody calls me out, then fair enough. Then, you know, post what you want. If you don't want that to happen, then don't post anything about any players. You know, but I think it just comes down to, I don't think you should feel guilty about it. You know, if you decide to invest 20% of your portfolio in, in, in a certain play and you say, well, I've just done a load of research. This is the reason why I bought this player, made him a biggest hold. You know, please don't you know just buy him on just because I have. You know, do your own research. You know, etc. Then it's up to people. And if he drops twenty percent, then you'll say, "Look, I said do your own research." You know, it's not my not my fault you bought. I didn't tell you to buy him. So I just think if we didn't talk about players like I say, it'd be boring, wouldn't it?
0: yeah be an awful boring world yeah. um, and people do get slated all the time for talking about players but that's what it's all about what else are you going to talk about exactly um all right i think it's time for ticker watch with alan cooper that's where the music's going to go in i hope it sounds good lads i hope you really enjoyed the little sound effect i can make one happen now um give your ticker in front of you alan i have
1: i have i've always it's always it's never too far away if i've got my
0: computer so (laughs) right okay all jokes aside is there sorry i'm leaning sorry i was leaning over there you probably couldn't hear me what are we in are we in sync here who's your latest guy who's bought someone let's start calling people out alistair m just bought 10 andy
1: roberts yeah i've got that yeah yeah that's where i'm at as well yeah
0: Ed's buying some Bellati there. Do you know? Look at Modric. Right. T- tell me, is there anything you're picking up on? Not just yet, but if anything pops up, we'll do this for a few minutes. Anything you're learning from the ticker?
1: I think. Well, it's what is it? It's 18 minutes past two now. So the Premier League lineups have come out. Um, I'll tell you a little secret. I've actually had it open for the last 20 minutes. Um, so which is the most I've ever had it in? I've ever I've actually looked at it in one go. I think too. apart from when. Apart from when IPOs come out, when you have, I have the only time I've genuinely stared at the ticket for any length of time is when an, I'm waiting for an IPO, waiting for Camavinga or you know Bellingham or whatever. Is that
0: the best way?
1: Because I would be sitting typing, typing,
0: typing. Is it best just to look and when he pops up, click him and go and buy him?
1: There's different ways of doing it, but I think if you're looking for an IPO like this, I think on the app it's a bit sketchy and the app can crash. But um, so, for example, the Bellingham and I. Uh, Oh, sheesh, uh, IPOs, those kind of guys more recently since this new website's come in. I think, well, as soon as someone comes on with this ticker on the pit, on the desktop site, it just goes like mad. But you can see the name just about, and then you can, you know, you can get on them quite quickly that way. Because um, as soon as the first person's bought one, it should show up pretty quick, I think, to, to go on there. So it's one way you can do it. Uh, but the, generally, the only time I, I've actually sat, literally sat very sadly indeed and stared at the ticker is waiting for an IPO. Um so since we are talking about the ticker, um <laughs> it is really funny how uh people actually think that I sit there for hours on end looking at the ticker. Uh
0: oh, oh, sorry, Lewis Alberto, are you seeing this? Oh, what's going on there? What is going on here? Did he just score? He Fucking must have,
1: hell. He must have scored. He just scored. Jesus. Well, that's here. That's here against Bologna. Well he's one of my yeah. big, he's one of my one of my biggest holds, so yeah, he scored, yeah. So there you go. That's
0: it's cash on him. i golden spindler. I see you. RW.
1: <laughs> I see you. Jesus. I mean, so I think we, could, we might talk about one or two sort of... Uh, I think there's a question. And
0: like, what what are you looking for here in the ticker? Like, ticker technique? Like, what's the... Is there anything you're actually looking to get out of it other than to embarrass people, for instance, selling numbers?
1: <sighs> no. So... <laughs> In terms of the ticker, right? So let's just talk a bit about the ticker because obviously it's something that I'm quite infamous for on on Twitter. Um, so as I said, the only time I actually do it for any period of time more than a few minutes is when IPOs are uh, are going through. Um, basically, if, if I was, I've actually got the Crystal Palace game on at the same time as well as we've been talking. I'm keeping an eye on that. I'm a good multitasker, you see, as you can tell.
0: Yeah, you're very good. You've actually been pretty. Um, like you're you're coming across pretty well. I wouldn't have known you weren't even paying attention. <laughs> you know, I,
1: Alberto's going through still like
0: mad there. I suppose he's a PB guy. Um, yeah, absolutely. He, he
1: he is. Is. he's, he's, a, fan, he's a fantastic player. He just he hasn't. He's been really unlucky. If talk about him for a second, he's been very unlucky. Um, so he's an absolutely fantastic player and very very good for PB as well. His issue has been he's not scored that many goals this season. Um, and there was one game recently where he was, he was scoring really, really well, um, but just not brilliantly. Um, but he hit the bar like twice in the space of five minutes. And literally, if he'd have scored, he'd have been on about 280 or something like that. But he hit the bar twice, and then he dropped about 5-6p after the game. So there really are fine margins sometimes with uh, with players in FI. You know, a guy can be so close to hitting a massive score if that goal goes in, but he hits the bar instead, and then he ends up dropping. Um, so it's one of those things, but yeah, I mean, Alberto is a fabulous player. I've got quite a lot of shares in him, so I'm hoping that he can uh, they can keep a clean sheet. He doesn't get subbed. He'll po- probably have a competitive score there. Um, this guy,
0: sorry, in 70,000 footy portfolio, if you're listening, he's just bought like a million Matthias Click, and you can see from just watching, uh, James Kay, Gerard, someone, there's loads of people clicking onto this trend now. Clicking? Is that? Is it? it's Like they're they they're catching on to the trend. There's like a lot of names there who are all jumping on this click guy, place for leads. <laughs> Do you think it's ticker based or was it could be almost trending list?
1: Oh, uh, Luis Alberto just got an assist by the way, so he's going through even more. Oh, Panda's buying some now. They say, I'm already on Alberto. I've already, uh, you know, I've already clicked on him. <laughs> so I'm, at, yeah. But it's it's nice it's nice to see someone you've got a lot of faith in doing well and. Uh, yeah, you know, hopefully I absolutely love a PB win for him, it'd be fantastic.
0: Be interesting to see there's like these buys are still flying through how much this actually equates to. And I suppose a big thing here for beginners listening is the fact that maybe he's rising so much is the time. You know, before three o'clock on yeah. a Saturday you're always gonna go much, much higher. He's up twenty nine P. We've just watched twenty nine pence worth of sales. Buys, you mean? Yeah, sorry, yeah, buys, geez, I'm I'm all over the gaff here, I'm looking <laughs> It's that's, it's
1: hard to concentrate on two or three things at once, isn't it? Um, that's two twenty six thousand
0: one hundred futures have been bought, and they're still going through.
1: Good. It's, anyway. Oh God, he's got 30p. Wow, that's actually that's incredible. Yeah, good. it's metal. I'm going to stop jumping in now. If you... Right, okay.
0: Alan Cooper, um, Ticker School 101. What are you looking for? Is there anything that people might think about? Obviously, you're looking who people are buying and selling. But are there things people do that you might... Catch
1: on to something on the ticker, or is it more just a bit of entertainment? Okay, so like I say, the amount of time I look at the ticker is greatly accentuated uh, by um, <laughs> by people on uh, on Twitter. But what you can do, if you actually do want to use a ticker as a way of making money, um you have to be careful because there's no guarantees. You know, it's not a, it's not planners. You know, there's no guarantees with this, but. If you do it in a transfer window, a lot of transfer stories come out around sort of half ten at night when the um, they t- do transfer blitzers and uh, next day's papers and stuff have got stories, that kind of thing. So a lot of people, um, obviously if you look at the ticker then, if you see a random player sort of going through and three, four, five different people are buying them, what you can then do is a very quick Twitter search of that name and you'll find if there's actually a story or not. Sometimes I've found there isn't a story at all and it's just someone started off a rumour or something or it's just a random pump or something like that. So you've got to be careful with it. But you potentially can, can get on a player very quickly that's going to have a decent rise just just, just by staring at the ticker if you want to do that. Um, also on a match day, if, you want to, if you're playing for IPDs, usually if you see a goal alert come through at a certain team, say if Bayern have scored, for example, and you start seeing Thomas Muller flying through the ticker, you probably know he's scored before you actually get the goal notification too because someone's watching the game or someone's, you know, got a stream of it on a betting site or they've got a really fast internet, whatever it is, and you can get on a player quickly that way. So, it just get, obviously, it just shows you people are buying and selling. So, um, I guess also you, you might pick up on an injury. If someone starts instant selling 300 Memphis to Pies and five, six people have sold 300 Memphis to Pies, you can probably guess that, you know, something serious has just happened to him because he's just, just done his ACL or something like that, you know. Um so there are, you know, there are ways of doing it, but obviously, you know, a disclaimer here is that, you know, you do not want to be staring at a ticker all day. You know, people will joke about that, but, you know, it's it's not great to be sat staring at a ticker all day uh, just to make a few quid. So, you know, please do it sensibly, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, the, joking aside, I mean, if I'm watching a game on a weekend or a, a nighttime, whatever, I'll just automatically, I probably ha- will have the website open. You know, and. I'll have it on the PB page, for example, and in the corner of that page, you've got the ticker. So that's why I see things on the ticker because I'm watching a game and I've got the site open. I'm not staring at the ticker; I'm watching the game, but my eyes are flicking down, and looking at the screen to see who's going, who's buying, and who's selling, just out of interest. Because you do get a market feel of what you know what's going on in the market at the same time. Um, so yeah, it's just just stuff like that. Um, starting lineups as well. Um, the guy, the kid called Xerxes is starting for buying today. Unfortunately, I missed that because uh, we were, obviously we were chatting. But I think Heroes about thirty p on the fact he's starting the game. So if you're watching the ticker and you start, you saw four or five people buying three hundred Xerxes and you quickly Google him or look at the buying Twitter account, you see he's starting the game. You probably could have got on there and got a lovely rise on him. Yeah, so it's 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 stuff like that. So you can make money from it, but just be careful because you know you can get pump pumpers and dumpers and stuff for, for groups of people going on there or buying somebody who's actually a load of rubbish. Um, so just make sure you again you do your research if you are going to buy somebody off there or just know what's going on you know if you know Lazio are playing you know if you if you know that they're currently playing a match and you suddenly see Alberto's flying through the ticker and the goal that it comes through that lazio just scored then you know it's probably him that's scored and someone's got on that news really really quickly and then uh, you know you can get on quickly as well.
0: Someone just bought a Jaffa Tanganga. Leon H buy another few thousand there. Maybe I'll shift mine. <laughs> um, it's interesting though. Like I mean, there's a lot. There's things you can pick up on. There's a lot for sure. Tell me this: Are betting sites are there streams ahead of like BT Sport in that? Because I can watch through Paddy Power.
1: Not sure to be. I've never actually watched a game on a betting site, but obviously they suspend. You know, they suspend stuff immediately to make sure no one's betting on players that have just scored or something before (laughs) that kind of thing so they have to be really really quick and you can watch certain games on can't you on uh, on betting sites i think if you place the bet on the game or something like that so i'm not quite sure to be honest but i get goal alerts through from bbc sport and sofa score and people have bought these players before if i can see who's scored do you know what i mean so clearly there's ways of finding out quicker than what i can on the apps i use so as i say the ticker's one way to do that if you want to do that but just don't do it too much. Like I say, it's become a bit of a running joke with me, sort of trying to embarrass people with instant sales on the ticker, but, you know, I genuinely don't spend all day sat watching that. I've got far more important things to be doing.
0: Well, it's safe to say there's a lot more buys going through than sales here. Which is which is good, isn't it? How oh, it should be on a Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's troll a few people and then we'll leave it. Who the fuck is Ozan Kabak? Am
1: I the one who's wrong here? Center back for Schalke? Yeah. Yeah, never heard of him. I tell you one, th- one thing about Fi is, I mean, my knowledge of European football has gone through the roof because you know I, I've always been a big football, I've always been a big football fan, and, and you know I've watched loads of English games and Premier League, and you know I've regularly gone to watch Barnsley through my life as well. Um, but you just end up watching. I watch games from all the other four leagues. You know, I watch French games, Spanish games, German games, Italian games, and you know nearly every single player that goes through the ticker, if it's anybody who's played for any of those, any of those five leagues, I've generally heard of them and generally know who they play for as well. Most of them. So you almost get an encyclopedic knowledge of, of those five leagues. You know, if you've been on FI for quite a long time and you trade actively, you know, and you literally just, (laughs) it's almost embarrassing how much you, you know about players and stuff. It just, you know, but it's useful to, it's useful to know who people are and who they play for, because you see them going through the ticker, you know, you know, generally who they're playing for and who they're playing against today and all that kind of thing so the more you know the better you know the better really
0: yeah Paul R just uh, bought 496 um and Brewster mm. so that's now like that's like a flashback to this time next year or this time last year <laughs> isn't it yeah, it's know. been a while since I've seen him flying through the ticker not, but...
1: not sure about that one anyway. personally, don't...
0: Uh, yeah we'll, we'll move on there's Philip D and Harry both buying Sam Lammers he must be up to doing something anyway we're done with ticker watch with alan cooper it's been a pleasure um let me see we pick another question or two anyway just because um we're, we're very tight on time now but um just someone there who got a lot of likes i think for almost trolling you is fi show pony says best bargain you've ever had al i've heard rumors of 8p milk and 3p bread in real life what's your index equivalent so there's a joke there about your Morrisons, obviously, but um what like is there any player that you felt you've got on an absolute steal? Like you're the guy who spotted them, you know?
1: Um, to be honest, probably not. I think one of the weaknesses that I definitely have got on FI is not going big on someone that I have read about and believe in when no one else has. I when I first joined, or first few months after I joined, I bought a load of players after quite a bit of research and they didn't move for ages in price and I just got rid of them all and then eventually they all started rising I used to have what's the guy called Um, Elas Bebu who plays somewhere in Germany now I can't remember which team he plays for I used to hold like a few hundred of him um, like literally like a year and a half two years ago now um, because I read a few things about him and he didn't move for about six months so I just got rid of him and then uh, about a year later he probably trebled in price do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah,
1: heartbreaking. <laughs> oh, by the way, Gnabry's just scored for Bayern in the second minute, so there's—he's <laughs> going back through the ticker again. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah,
0: there's. <laughs> you, you, knew you said that just before I got the notification, so yeah. And did you mention? Yeah, baby, he's playing for Hoffenheim, isn't
1: he? Yes, yeah, so it's, it's so it's, it's things like that. So to be honest, I haven't really. One of the best—I think the first trade where I was really, really happy with the trade um, that I ever did was. It's a while ago now. If you remember when Yang got linked to China, and he absolutely plummeted in price when he was at Dortmund. So linked to England, and then he he got heavily linked to China, and he must have—I have I, I've no idea the prices now—but he crashed like forty percent or something, which is understandable. But then I I read a I read a story. This is when I didn't really do that much research then. I was only just starting off, really, probably a few months into FI. And I saw a tweet from a reliable source or what I thought was reliable, which said, there's no way Bamiyang is going to China. He's not interested. So I bought like 40 shares, which for me at the time was quite a lot. And he had a small portfolio at the time. And I think within the space of a couple of hours, he'd risen about 50 P or something. Um, And so at the time for me, that was a massive trade. Uh, Like if that happened now, I'd be like buying like 500 or something, you know, but at the time for me, I was like, Oh my God, I've actually got on the play a play at a really good price um you know obviously after his, after his crash for the china rumors and so that was that wasn't so much getting on an unknown player at a low price i can't really think of any great examples of that but that was one where i got on somebody um you know at a really low price um for a particular reason and got got out at a you know much higher price so that was one of my favorite trades from early on
0: very good very satisfying at that early stage FI Jack, and we'll finish up with this, has said, do the Euros need to be gold days and treble media every day for it to have the importance that people are already placing on it? It probably needs to be platinum and quadruple media to have the importance people are placing on it, in my opinion. But, but what do you think they'll do for the Euros? Do you think they'll go the whole hog and go that big, or do you think they, they'll do something less or different?
1: I think they should do something big um, for it. I think it's a great chance that they've been onboarding a lot of people this, this, year, this year, obviously on to FI, and I think they need to make a big statement with the Euros. Um, I think somebody else in FI Lammings asked um, if I was Adam Cole, what's my move for the Euros, which is a very similar question, so if we tie all that together. Um, <clears throat> one thing I would, I personally don't like is sweepstakes. We've had, we have had a sweepstake in the World Cup, where like one person wins 100, 100k, whatever it was, like crazy amounts of money or a car or something. Personally, that's not my way of what what i'd like to do so if i was adam cole and sort of coming up with the ideas for the euros um what i think is a good way of tackling things or looking at things is that the more people that win or think they're winning the better so you know gamblers like to have that winning feeling don't they um so like if one person's winning a car or you know 50 people are winning a thousand pounds or whatever i think it's better that more people are winning so I would steer clear of any of this sort of buy ten pound of shares, be entered into a sweepstake. I just, I'm just not a fan at all. So what I've what I've sort of thought of is um, nothing revolutionary um, particularly. But um, first of all, I think that they should make all the group stage games um, at least like a silver day because I think two P a share for bronze is just nothing. So even even a group a group match a game in the Euro should be a silver. Um, so I think that would encourage more gambling on those. You know, it was probably two games a day or three games a day usually. Um, so I think silver days for those. All knockouts from the second round onwards should be gold. And then semi-final and and final make them platinum. Whatever platinum looks like, I, no, I don't know. But you know, obviously, a bit more than gold. Um, and then people will then genuinely start betting even in advance on you know teams that are looking really good. So if France are look absolutely dominant. You know, you'll see massive rises in you know Griezmann and um i don't know depends if penthouse place for them but maybe that's one some of their defenders um so i think um you know that's what that's one of those that, that's sort of my idea in terms of pb um you know i think that that's a you know really good idea uh so really sort of i think if you just make them all single days you know, bronze days i just don't think you know it's you're gonna attract enough trading on them um IPDs, maybe they could try double IPDs, something like to create more in-play trading as well. Um, triple MB every day. Obviously, this has got to be within affordability. I don't know the, the finances, but triple MB every day again. So if you've got two or three games, maybe the goal, you know, the match winner in all the games might might challenge for MB. Um, the only different thing um, I would do is maybe they could do something where if you buy a player from the first day of the tournament so let's say this tournament starts on 10th of June for example I haven't checked the date but 10th of June and you buy a player from the 10th of June onwards any time to the final any shares you've bought in that player and you've held will qualify for a dividend if that player wins the tournament so let's say you buy 100 Griezmann on the 10th of June you're holding through the tournament and then France win the Euros, you get, say, five a share for those 100 shares. So you get paid out of five, a £5 dividend. Because then you're, so it's basically a team incentive. But if you only offer it to the team that wins the tournament, it just adds a little bit of a different thing for the Euros. So basically, in summary, I'm saying enhance the current payouts for PB and MB, if possible. And then add just one new thing, which is a team of the tournament payout, I mean, the team that wins the trophy. Gets a, pay, a payout at the end, so then you'll start getting speculation on, you know, players buying who they think is going to win the tournament. So people might buy a thousand, you know, of a France player or a German player or an English player or whoever they thinks is going to win the tournament. Um, you know, with that possible incentive of the of the sort of, of the tournament winning uh, dividend. I think that'd be a nice little addition. Yeah, I think the main thing there
0: is to do it timely and to make it simple. Um, yeah, things their last two changes have neither have had. Do you know?
1: No, and I think that is, and I think that is very, very simple. I think you know, say, just enhancing the current dividends without messing anything up, um, and then um, just I think the team ones. Very simple. It's literally you buy a, you buy a share from day one of the tournament, and you hold them when they win the tournament. You get paid out 10 p, whatever it is, a share as a you know, euros euro winning dividend or whatever. I think that's quite simple.
0: Yeah,
1: very good. Well, yeah. look before people leave, hit subscribe. I got the the data
0: through for Spotify there. Can't get it for Apple. Turns out a lot of you listen, and about half of you or three quarters of you have subscribed. Let's make that ninety percent. So just go and hit like the follow or subscribe button wherever you listen, um, because that would help me out a lot. Um, and I never ask people to do that. So apparently you're supposed to ask people to do things and they'll do them. So please go and subscribe and all that. <laughs> um, Alan, it's been a pleasure. Uh, where can people find you, or where do you want to be found?
1: where <laughs> do I don't want to be found uh, pr- probably not my personal twitter account so these people uh you know seem to <laughs> enjoy finding me on there uh the main place I uh, sort of talk about fi is on twitter my handle is at footy so f double index al so, at footy index al I do occasionally post as footy index al on slack as well but um twitter is where you'll find me most
0: yeah and i'll, uh, I'll tag you anyway if people uh, follow me and don't follow you i doubt there's many of them but um yeah so go and find alan on uh twitter and give him a follow anything else or will we wrap it up
1: i'm happy if you, if you if that's everything that's fine with me
0: yeah look thanks very much for your time
1: alan and i'm sure we'll chat again soon you're welcome it's been enjoyable thanks a lot cheers